Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Praise God. So the first thing I want you to understand here before we get started right out of the gate, I want you to understand that proper alignment is the precursor for your assignment. And if you're not willing to be aligned by God, then you're going to miss your assignment. So let me say that one more time. Proper alignment is the precursor for your assignment. Therefore, it is imperative, saints of God, that you join the right local church. If you don't, you might be aligning yourself with improper doctrine. And see, here's the deal. An error in doctrinal understanding will inevitably lead to false teachings and occultish practices. This is why it is imperative that you align yourself properly with sound teaching. If you don't get sound teaching, you're going to be out of alignment. And things are going to be chaotic and out of order. One thing about God, God does not change. And if God doesn't change, then who need to do the change? Mm-hmm, I thought so. Check this out. Write this down. One blessing, not one blessing in the Bible belongs to anyone who has not aligned themselves with God's directive and instructions. Let me say that one more time. Because you might be trying to proclaim something that's not yours. Not one blessing in the Bible belongs to anyone who has not aligned themselves with God's directives and instructions. What do I mean? Well, over in John chapter 14, verse 23, it says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. The word keep is also the same word obey. So let me read it again. If anyone loves me, he will obey my word. So obeying the word of God means you're going to be in alignment with his word. If you're not in in alignment with his word, i.e., if you're not obeying his word, why would he deliver you any of his blessings? You're quiet because you're processing? All right, I'm just trying to help you because there's a lot of people on television proclaiming stuff and people trying to proclaim stuff without being in proper alignment. And just because you name and claim something don't mean it's yours either. So in order for you to understand if you are properly aligned, then you must be equipped. And that's why I went to Ephesians chapter 4 when I talked about the five uh, ministry gifts that, that Jesus Christ gave for the equipping of the saints. They were given the five-fold ministry gifts. The church was given the five-fold ministry gifts for alignment, authority, and accountability. He said, I gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now, where do you fall in those some? Because it's easy to point fingers at somebody else and say, I wish they would do this, but are you really doing what God has called you to do? See, if you focus more on what God has for you to do, then you can focus less on what you think other people should be doing. Hello, somebody. Am I in the right church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, once I started focusing on, John, what are you doing for the body of Christ? What are you doing for the Lord? Then I, I didn't even see what everybody else was doing. It didn't matter anymore. 
because I wanted to make sure I was in my proper place. I wanted to make sure that I did the adjustments in my mind, my spirit, my body, everywhere I need to make some adjustments so I can properly align myself with the assignment of God. And when you are in proper alignment with his assignment, then check this out, then the blessings of heaven will flow on your life. I'm just saying, I'm operating in that, right? But now, just because the blessings of heaven flowing does flow on your life, that doesn't still exempt you from problems. Hallelujah. I wish that was the case, but that's not the case. Come on now, Jesus had to endure the cross. Right? So if Jesus had to go through stuff, I said if Jesus had to go through stuff, all right, like, like I said, I knew this series was going to be kind of quiet. So let me give you another scripture. Write this down. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, because I gave you plenty of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, it says this, And God has appointed these in the church. It says, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administration, and variety of tongues. So the Bible says God has set these in the church. So if God set these in the church, man can't remove it. Let me give it to you again. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Why don't you go and read it yourself? God has set. It's the same word, establish these in the church. Now, the word set means to adjust to a desired position. Now, this word set in the Greek also means um, like if a doctor had to set a broken bone. So in other words, an adjustment had to take place in order for that bone to be set in its proper order. Come on, somebody. So in other words, God says, I had to set these in place in the church so that they can bring the adjustments in the house of God to make sure that they are in proper alignment. Now, 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 they mention several different uh, ministry positions here, but that's not to exclude the deacons or the elders or all of the other positions. But I just came to tell you, God has set specific positions in the house so that the house would be in proper alignment. And this is what I'm learning as I have been studying the apostolic. There are a lot of houses that don't really understand the apostolic, even though God set the apostle first. And if you don't have a good understanding about the apostolic call, you might miss everything else and you might be out of alignment and not get the assignment that God has for you. This is why I had to come and talk to you about equipping. Why? Because if a saint is not equipped, how are you going to go out and do thus said the Lord? Our whole vision at this church is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, what we just read. But the word perfecting and the word equipping, I think I got it up here. Let me show you. There it is right there. Let me show you this Greek word. Y'all know how to pronounce that? P pronounce it for me. Say it for me. Kartartizo. Kartartizo. That's what it stands for. That's what it means. Kartartizo. So that Greek word it's the word perfecting, but it's also equipping. Uh, equipping. But look, look at this. It means alignment or to put a thing in proper position to amend or adjust. So in other words, when we equip you, we're making the adjustments in you and putting you in proper alignment. Who does that? The apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, and the teacher. That's who does that. 
That's why those ministry gifts were given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. My job is to teach you. Your job is to do the work. If any of that is out of alignment, then we are out of alignment with the word of God. He gave gifts for the church. I don't have an apostolic gift for me. The apostolic gift is for the church. It's for the saints. That's when you know someone who really truly understand the word of God. It's not about putting a title on a business card and you're trying to go do all kinds of stuff. No, you have an understanding that apostolic call is that everything in me is to make sure that you're ready for what God has for you. That you are in proper alignment with the assignment that God has. That's my whole job is to make sure you're ready for the work of the ministry. Okay, so maybe you're not ready for that. Because when you're ready for ministry, that means more accountability. Amen. So maybe that's why people are so quiet in here. Is that, is that why you're quiet? Processing. <laughs> I'll take that. Processing. I'll take that. Okay, processing. But listen, but listen, without proper accountability, then you ain't ready for the next level anyway. Amen? So, so since you're still processing, can I, can I keep on? Okay, let me keep going. I'm going to keep going. Okay, praise the Lord. So check this out. Write this down. The purpose of the Christ's fivefold ministry is to align the saints for the work of the ministry by functioning in kingdom power and authority. This is where all of this comes in hand. Remember, I taught you about church and kingdom, right? So let me do a little recapitulation here. So the church and the kingdom are vitally important. We need both. I know we talk a lot about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, but we may have misplaced where the church belongs because the church is vitally important. The church is the people of God. Kingdom is God and the people. So you need the church because we are the church. We're the hands and the feet of Jesus. But Jesus is the head of the church. He's not the king of the church. Hello, somebody. He's the king of the kingdom. Therefore, we, as the people of God, we're the hands and feet. Christ is our head, but he wants us to operate in kingdom authority. I'm saying all of us, saints of God. I'm not talking about the pastors and the preachers and the deacons and the elders. Every, the ones that are sitting right there in your seat, you're supposed to be operating in power, anointing, a ministry call, whatever God has called you to do. You know you can do anything that you see people do in these pulpits. Oh, well, the good stuff. <laughs> let, me, let me just qualify that first. Right. In anything that you see. Right. What happened earlier today at the altar? God, God moves on you the same way. Amen. He's not giving me anything that you don't already have. It's the same God, same Holy Spirit, same Jesus Christ. What it is, you get to operate on the level that you think you're equipped for. If you don't feel that you're called to be a prophet or apostle or evangelist, a pastor, teacher, don't worry about it. You ain't going to get there. Because if anybody can talk you out of it, then it wasn't for you in the first place. See, nobody could talk me out of what I know God called me to do, even though I've had bishops to try to talk me out of where I am right now. But then it wasn't for me if, they, if I allowed man to talk me out of what God told me in my heart. So man cannot. Let me, let me see if I can help you out. Man cannot take away what God has placed in you unless you let him. 
if you heard something in your spirit and you know it was God, move out on it. Hello, somebody. Go and learn everything you can out of the Bible on that particular call that's yours. Because you need to be equipped to operate properly in what God has for you. Hello, somebody. See, this is where people get out of order. They get a ministry call and all of a sudden think that somehow they're supposed to start a ministry without proper preparation. Or you say, well, God has called me to be a prophet. He wants me to go around the churches and put churches in place. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's not what God called you to do. First of all, you need to know your place. Because a prophet's place is not to go around setting churches in place. Prophets are not first. Apostles are. Apostles and prophets work together. Right? They work together in the house of God. You don't come in and try to set something up in a church and you're not even submitted to that church. Right? You're out of order. If that church is out of order, that pastor should know it. Or some of the people in the church should be sharing that with the pastor so that you can pray and an intercessor should know something. If it's out of alignment, then we can get it in proper alignment if the intercessors are praying. Hello, somebody. So when the intercessors pray and we get something, then that's when the pastor should be praying and say, God, I'm going to put this in your hands. We're going to make this thing happen. We're going to make sure that we have a pure church. We're going to make sure that we are in proper alignment. I don't care. Come hell or high water. We're going to do whatever we need to do to make sure that we listen to the word of God. Hello, somebody. So, yes, all of you are indeed called, but maybe God has to make some of these adjustments in your life so that you would be properly aligned for God's assignment. Check this one out right here. Write this down. The church represents the people of God. The kingdom represents the God in the people. That's the quote I just said to you. But now, listen to this right here. you got to understand about the kingdom. The kingdom is for all of us, saints of God. If you are a Christian, if you've received the Lord Jesus in your heart and he's your Lord and your Savior, you're operating in the principles of God. And you, you like, like Sister Kim was saying, sometimes, you know, you want to use uh, some words. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You want to use some words or maybe make some hand gestures. <laughs> and uh, because, you know, you're a Christian, you don't, you don't give them the one-way sign. So, you know, you, <laughs> you got something on the inside to say, you know, you shouldn't be doing it as I'm becoming of a Christian, right? If you don't have that, then you need to get on your knees and pray for God to restore that in your life as a Christian because you need to have some type of conviction in your life as long as you are in the church of God and reading the Bible. There should be some kind of conviction to come upon you. Otherwise, you are in trouble. I'm telling you, the moment a Christian is stopped getting convicted about wrongdoing, you are absolutely in trouble. You have a form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. And so you need to understand this. He said, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom of God. So put your hand on your heart and say, I have the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. See, listen, saints of God, he's pleased to give it to you. So it's not like this is something that you got to beg for, plead for, grope for. He is pleased to give you his power. He is pleased to give you his anointing. Aren't you children of God? Hello, I said, aren't you children of God? Well, if you, if you don't know about that part, then that's why you can't operate with power. See, the song says, I know who I am. And when you know who you are, can't nobody talk you out of anything that God has called you to do. I'm going to keep on going. Is that all right? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand yet, but we'll just keep going. <laughs> See, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God 
has been given to you. Let me say that one more time. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. You seeing that? The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom, they are already yours. They have already been given to you. So you might ask, then, what are they, right? That's why I'm teaching you about keys, because God has given you some stuff, but you got to understand how to use the keys, because knowledge is insufficient if you have not mastered how to use it. Right? So you can, you can have all the scriptures and you can have all of that stuff, but if you haven't mastered really how to take the scriptures of God, how to apply them in your life every day, and how to allow the Holy Spirit to mold and shape you and adjust your thinking so that you can be used by God, then really knowledge is insufficient if you haven't mastered how to use it. Hello? Okay. Still processing? All right, good, 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 good. So to unlock, we got this Wednesday night. I took it from somebody. So, <laughs> so to unlock the master secrets, you have to have the master key. I stole this one from somebody. And you, <laughs> and you can use, you cannot use the master's key unless you have a relationship with the master. Okay, <laughs> okay, let me say that one more time. I'll see y'all processing. And so to unlock the master secrets, you have to have the master key. But you cannot use the master's key unless you have a relationship with the master. So to discern how to use the master key, you must know the master of the key. Amen. Somebody say, I got some keys. All right, so, so, so you got to learn how to master some keys. So what are the keys to effective living in the kingdom? Now, first of all, we all know that I, I taught you last Sunday, and I'm going to go a little bit into this so that I can move into the, the next keys here. So how do we get into the kingdom, first of all? you got to ask yourself, well, Pastor, you just said that we have the kingdom, the secrets of the kingdom. How do you get into the kingdom? Well, John 3.3 3 says, when one is born again, he's born in the kingdom. So just being born again, that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, you're already in the kingdom. So, so you don't have to study. Oh, so, so you do have to study? Oh, so once you're in the kingdom, then you still got to do some work. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on now, hold it, hold it. It should be that now that we're in the kingdom, we're good, right? We can still go sin. We, we, we can still do, we can still go drink, cuss, and cuss people out, cut people off. We can be mean, nasty, arrogant, cantankerous. We can do all of that stuff because now since we're in, we, we're in forever, right? Well, come on, come on now. That's what somebody told me that once I'm in, I'm good. Oh, hold on. Well, heavens to Betsy, wait a minute now. So, so you, you're trying to tell me that, that, that now that I'm in the kingdom, there's certain things that I got to live by so I can stay in the kingdom? Uh-huh. <gasps> what? Really? Uh, is, that, is that what the Bible teaches? It really does. It says Jesus Christ died for us. He was our substitute. Now that we're in the kingdom, there's certain things that God is expecting from his children. So why would that be any different from your expectations from your children? 
Okay, so let me give you a natural example of a spiritual reality. Let's just say your children, those of you that have children still at home, uh, let's just say, you know, do you have boundaries in your house? If you don't, you're in trouble. If you don't, if you don't have boundaries, because I already taught you last Sunday that every child is a little sinner. They are. They are. They're little sinners because we were children and we were little sinners. We, we had to be taught how to love people and forgive. A baby is born with their fists balled up. You have to te- teach a child to open their hands. When they come out, they come out mad. Ah, feed me. Right? And so that's how they come out. And so that, that why? Because we're all born little sinners. Uh, y'all act like I'm saying something you never heard before. Okay, you know you heard in the book of Romans that we all fall short, right? And then we're all born into sin. Okay, all right, good. So you know what I'm talking about. When were you born? You were born a baby, not a grown-up. There were only two people born grown. God created Adam. He was a grown man. And when he created a woman, it was a grown woman. Everybody else, we start off out of the mother's womb as a little sinner. If the parent who represents God in the house, don't put boundaries around the children. The children won't know where to stop. It is the parent's responsibility to make sure that there's boundaries in the house. Hello, somebody. So, so if you got boundaries in your house, why shouldn't God have boundaries in his? There are certain things God is requiring of us. He has boundaries, and he says, listen, that's off limits. Don't do that. Don't go there. Everything here is yours. You can be blessed if you stay within the parameters of my boundaries. It's the same in my house. I bless my children. I love my children, but I do have standards in my house. Now, if the children go outside the boundary and I say, listen, you're going to forfeit something that I want to give you, and you forfeit it by going outside of the parameters for which I have set. So listen, that child can't get mad at me when they say, well, uh, you said you was going to bless me, but did you keep the parameter? Uh, No, I didn't. So why should I give you my blessing if you didn't keep the... See, this is, this is where the church has missed things. Just because you give somebody $100, just because you heard a prophecy on television, just because somebody else said, man, I tried this and it worked. Are you within the boundaries of the house of God? If you step outside the boundaries of the house of God, all the blessings are right there in the kingdom. So you can't sit there and demand something you forfeited. That's what I see today. They, people, they're demanding something. When was the last time you've been to church? They're demanding something. When was the last time you gave? They're demanding something. When was the last time you blessed somebody? They're demanding something from God, and they are outside of the parameters of God's blessing. And then they get mad at God when God don't do it. Okay, I must not be in the right church. So, all right, let me, let me keep going. So somebody said keys. So you get into the kingdom by what? Being born again. Revelations chapter 1 verse 8 says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. So Jesus has keys. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jesus says, I got the keys to death and to hell. Now, these keys signify the power and the authority that Jesus has over life, death, and the grave. 
Now, you must know this, saints of God, because Jesus Christ wants to give us these same keys. Now, let me give you the scripture. Here we go. And I will give you the keys of, not to. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Why don't we have the keys to the kingdom? Because we're already in it. Hello, why would you need keys for the house if you're already in the house? All right, y'all ain't talking to me this morning. I don't know what's going on. So I will give you, this is Jesus. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And this is what we've, we've been talking about, this binding and loosing and stuff that people that I feel like sometimes they've gotten out of hand with this kind of stuff because they don't, I, I have to, before I can say that this is something that God wants me to do, I have to make sure I check it against the scriptures. It doesn't matter how, how, how expensive a suit is on a prophet or how good they look or how long they've been preaching or how many books they've written. If I can't prove it by the scriptures, then I'm not going to apply that to my life. I.e., I, I, was, on, I, was, I was actually uh, was listening to a prayer, and the brother started praying, and then all of a sudden he started binding stuff. I said, click. Why? Let me give you the original. The original says, whatsoever you bind on earth must already be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth must already be loose there. So listen, what was loosed from heaven? Satan. How do we know that? We have scripture on it. Jesus said he saw him fall like lightning. Was he bound to heaven? He was not. He was kicked out of heaven. So you're not supposed to be binding stuff to you that's not already in heaven. Even the, the definition of the word bind means to bind, to tie up. Now, I know, because listen, listen, listen. I know the way they teach it is, that's what I'm saying. We're going to tie the hands of the devil. I ain't worried about tying no hands of the devil. He's a spirit. You can't tie the hands of the devil. He's a spirit. No, I want to loose the devil away from me. And if you want scripture on it, how many times did Jesus said, I bind you, devil? You're going to have to read the gospel, saints. That's what I had to do. So I'm not trying to teach you a new doctrine. I'm trying to teach you the Bible. This is not new. It's been there forever. But the adjustment here is sometimes we have to adjust the way we have always viewed Scripture in the right context so that you can really be free. Because the more and more you bind the devil, the more and more the devil is going to be bound to you. No, we, Jesus did say, woman, you are loosed from what? Your infirmity. Why? Because that infirmity is not in heaven. And if it's not in heaven, I don't want it in this earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. So if there's no lack in heaven, I declare right now there'll be no lack in this earth. I lose lack from me, and I bind the provisions of heaven to my life. That's how you really pray. Come on, somebody. And when you pray right, you get in a proper alignment with the blessings of God. Now, I'm not teaching any other church. I'm teaching this church how to be free. 
that if you use the context of the scripture correctly, you'll continually be blessed. Come on, somebody. So if you're praying for me in the lane, don't be binding the devil to us. No, 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 no. You lose him. You lose sickness. You lose lack from your life right there. You lose anxiety. You lose fear from you right now. You bind the provisions of heaven. You bind God's protection in your life. You bind the comfort and the peace of heaven in your life right now. You bind everything that's in heaven. You bind it to your earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. (laughs) Is this all right? I don't mean to get loud, but I am excited. (laughs) Amen? So listen, listen, because see, my call is to make sure you are equipped. You can't be equipped if you're out there using some text of somebody that might be a famous preacher, and you you using the same words just because they use it, and you think they know what they're talking about. Now listen, listen, let let me just qualify some stuff. I ain't all that either. I'm just saying... I have used scripture to compare scripture with scripture. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the Bible says every word shall be established, 1 Corinthians 13. And that's what I try to do is to make sure if I see a principle, if somebody speak a principle, I'm going to have to go to the word and say, okay, then there should be another witness. If I don't find another witness, I don't care how cute it sounds, don't care how many people say it, I'm not doing it. Because you might be doing something that's out of alignment. Oh, see, is anybody there with me today? And then you're trying to figure out why Christians are still so bound up. It's because you, you, they're in the prayer ministry. I bind the devil to this church. Well, don't do that in our prayer ministry. No, you lose him from this church. Hello, somebody. Now, I know I'll get some feedback on that. I know it. Send it. Because they're going to have to show me in the Bible where Jesus bound the devil. What did he say to the, to the, to the demons and the demoniac man? He said, go into those pigs. He didn't say, I bind you. He loosed him from the man. All right. Okay. So Jesus gave you keys. You got some keys inside the kingdom. So the first keys he gave you, I already talked about this, is the keys of authority. I want to go fast so we can finish up here. The keys of authority. So in other words, he's given you the ability to cast out demons, to heal the sick, raise the dead. That's found in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. I'm not going to read that. Again, because you already have those keys. Also, he gave you the, the, the keys represents also access, that you have access to things in God just based on being in the kingdom of God. And I do have a scripture for you to read here. It's Ephesians 2.18. It says, for through him, Jesus, we both have access to one spirit, to the Father. And so because we are saved and because we have his spirit, we have access to kingdom things and kingdom opportunities. So here's the third key. I didn't give you the third key last Sunday, did I? Okay, this is where we stop. So I'm I'm talking fast because I want to get through these other three keys. So you also have keys. They represent provision. So so this 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 is good right here. So when we start talking about whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatsoever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. God has given you possession of all of heaven's resources and have given you the keys to the secret formula to acquire it. And some people might say, well, what's the secret formula? What's the key? Are you looking at the board? That's the secret. That's the secret. It's a secret. Don't It's a secret. The secret is you ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock 
and the door shall be open. Check this out. For anyone. Are you an anyone? If you're saved, you are. He said, for anyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, find, and to him who knocks, it will be open. It's a secret. How do you get the provisions of God? <laughs> it's a secret. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's a secret. How do you get the provisions of God? You ask for it. Okay, so, so in your house, I, again, I got to give you a natural example. In your house, you're the provider in your house. You know what you got in your bank account. You know what you have stashed away, you know, in your can out, in your coffee can in the, in the driveway. You got it tucked on the head in the driveway in case the bank starts tripping. So, so them grandmothers knew, knew, they knew something was up. That's why they had the coffee can full of money out in the backyard because they didn't trust banks. And so, listen, so, so you need to have you some money at home, too. I'm just saying, I, I work at a bank, so just have you some extra money. So, so listen, and so, listen, in your house, you're the provider in your house. You know how much money you got. So, let's just say your child, they needed some money. They needed $10. So, they know you're there. Somebody's already laughing. So. <laughs> they know you got the $10. But instead of going to you for the $10, they wait for you to tell them that they need it. So they're saying, I know daddy got it. I'm just waiting for him to give it to me. That's what we do. See, I know God got it. I'm just waiting on him to give it to me. Yeah, God does have it. He wants to give it to you. But the secret is, Come on, somebody. Can I help somebody here today? <laughs> the secret is you got to ask him for it. See, it's not enough to know that God is the provider. What are you asking for? You need provision where? In my house. I need this thing paid. God, I need your help here. I need your help in this situation. I need your help. What are you asking for? God's got it. Yes, he's got it. But are we asking for it? Are we seeking him for it? Are we actually knocking on the door for it? It's a secret. Don't tell nobody. But we got to operate in this right here. Ask the Father for it. It is his pleasure to bless you. The Bible says he's pleased to give you the kingdom, saints of God. See, I, all I'm trying to do is to teach you how to appropriate the power and the anointing that's on your life. I know we're so busy with looking at who's in the pulpit. I know that. And I know we're human and sometimes we have the propensity to see that all of the power is in this pulpit. I, I came to change all of that, that perception. You got to make some adjustments in your mind to say, guess what? That same power is on my life, too. Saints, hello, don't put us or anybody else in this pulpit up on a pedestal. Amen. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. See, that's what happens. You put them up on that pedestal, pedestal and then when they fall, you get mad. Right. Well, wait a minute. You shouldn't have put them up there in the first place. Amen. They're just human. They're going to make mistakes. Right? Hello? Amen. And the only reason you're talking about them is because at least they did try to do something. All right, let me, let, me make, let me bring this back home. Okay, we talk about people that's in the limelight because they did do something to get in the limelight, right? Before they did something bad, they was doing something good. Amen? Amen. 
So instead of looking at that one bad thing that they did, ask yourself, what have you done that's good? And by the way, if God had blessed you on that same level, what would you do with it? What if he's given you the millions? And what if he's given you the big mega church and you have no words in the world and you got a $2.5 million budget? What would you do with all of that? So it's easy to sit back and say, I can't believe they did all of that. Well, you weren't in that brother's shoes. I believe it. Why? Because the brother was human. The sister was human. And they made mistakes because they didn't put proper accountability measures around them. That's why the apostolic is so important. Because the apostleship brings accountability. All right, guys. So, so, so we're talking about the provisions of, of, of heaven, right? So when, check this out. When things happen, just know the king is preparing to bless and to prosper you from unexpected places. So hopefully that is a blessing to somebody because you got so many things happening. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to bless somebody today because you got all kinds of craziness going on that you've this you're like man I hadn't seen this rascal in a long time or something is coming from this direction and something coming from this direction you're like man before I can handle that I got this coming this direction but God wanted me to tell somebody today that everything that you're going through right now God says he's going to bless you from unexpected places I take that for myself so in other words things are going to come where you least expect it so therefore, you can't think about the former things of old. Remember the prophecy. You can't think about the former things of old because God says, I'm doing a new thing. Put your hand on your heart and say, God, do a new thing in me. I'm telling you, see, those unexpected blessings might come from somebody that's not your color. They might come from somebody who's not even on the same financial status as you. Ain't nothing different than rich people and poor people. They're just people. They think differently. You got the same 24 hours. It's what you do with the same 24 hours. That's all it is. That's the difference between somebody that's poor and somebody that's rich. They took their 24 hours and they did something with it. I, I can go back to my community, see the same old dude sitting on the same old corner hoping for something to happen. Come on, you can too. That's why you left the corner. That's why I left the corner, because I wanted to do something with my life. And I can sit back and complain and moan and grope all day long. Any Christian can sit back and moan and grope. But God is trying to tell you, get out of your cave, because I got something for you, but I'm not going to give it to you until you come out of your place of depression. And if you come out of that place, God has got unexpected blessings for you, unexpected doors. I'm telling you, saints of God, there is stuff getting ready to happen that you're going to look around and go, man, I can't believe I got that connection. How did I get that connection, by the way? I don't even, how do you even know me? I got people that call me and say, man, how do you even know me? Unexpected places. But listen, let me help you. If you don't expect it, it ain't going to happen. I'm just telling you, if you have an expectation, man, unexpected blessings coming my way. You're going to have to say that every day you wake up. God, I thank you for unexpected blessings. They're coming my way right now. Matter of fact, they're chasing me down. Surely goodness and mercy is chasing me down. Right? I can't even get out of the way of goodness and mercy because it's running me down. 
Money is chasing me down. Come on, somebody. You can talk like that. Because it's not what you got. It's what you can handle. So it's chasing me down right now. Blessings are chasing me. Healing is chasing me down right now. Glory to God. Hello, somebody. And when you walk on that level, when you pray on that level, God can use you to heal people and to set other people free. Okay. Okay. Am I helping somebody? One or, okay, one or two of you. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. So, so I do want you to know that you got, you got blessings coming from unexpected places. So let me give you the fourth key. The fourth keys, they represent guidance. It represents guidance. Now, this, this right here is amazing because, uh, the, ooh, I got, dadgummit, I see what time it is. Can I read this, list, this next group of scripture? We'll do key number five next Sunday because I want to, no? Oh, Okay. All right, let's, let's go fast then, okay? I got to read fast. Are you okay with me reading fast? Okay, so go to 1 Kings because I can't, ooh, this is so good. Okay, go to 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn there. Chapter 17, I'm reading from uh, verse 10. This is Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 10 says, So he, Elijah, rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, Now listen, the man of God said, I need you to bring me something. This is what she said. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And I see I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. So in other words, saints of God, this woman, before she ran into the man of God, in her mind, she was ready to die. She said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gather some sticks. I'm going to cook my last little cake. That's all I got. Me and my son are going to eat, and that's it. We're going to die. This was before the man of God came into her life. All right, let's see what the man of God said. So Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said and make me a small cake for it first and bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. Now, obviously, the man of God, his thinking was on a different level than hers. In other words, he was trying to get her to adjust her faith. He already knew that God was guiding her in a direction for blessings. So he had to show her the key. Okay, all right, all right, okay, 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 okay. That's why I'm reading it slow so you can get it. So he said, go and do that for me first and bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. Verse 14, for thus saith the Lord. Now he's getting ready to give her the key. All right, you ready? Here's the key. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour should not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil Run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. That's the key. The key is God's got you. So in other words, saints of God, what I'm trying to tell you right now, the situation you see is not the situation God sees. This woman only saw lack in her life and she lived her life based on what she did not have. 
The man of God came in and said, listen, I already know what you don't have. I'm not interested in don't haves. I'm interested in giving you a key so you will have access into what you do have. I hope I'm helping somebody's faith right now because you look all around you and it's like, man, that's depleted and this is depleted and I don't have that anymore. And I I used to have a surplus over here, but I've been dipping in it so much now. I don't even have anything over there. But it's not what you see. It's what God sees. And God says, I can guide you to my provision. I got a key. Hello, somebody. Are you here? Oh, man, I just want somebody to get motivated this morning. Amen. Because, see, when I started looking at this, I was like, man. So I stopped focusing on what was depleted. Okay. All right. So so he says he gave him a key. Verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. So in other words, saints of God, she adjusted the way she was thinking and she obeyed the word. Listen, even when you don't understand just obey the word how could this woman understand all I got is a little flower all I got is enough for me and my son but be it according to me according to the word of the Lord sometimes saints of God you're going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord you're going to say Lord I see everything that's going on around me but be it unto me according to your word Guide me to my provision, God, because it's in the kingdom of God. And if it's in heaven, I want it on my earth. Am I helping somebody today? Because you might need something for your business, and you're looking around. Every time you go for an appointment, they say, no, I can't give it to you. No, I don't have it. No, we can't help you. No, you're not in the right place yet. But let me tell you something. For every no man might say, God has a yes. So she, verse 15, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate. What? For many days? Look at 16. The bin of flour was not used up, and, the, and nor did the jar, jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So in other words, saints of God, God cannot lie. If he said he's going to bless you, he's going to bless you. He gives you guidance to go in and get your stuff. I said he gives you guidance to go in and get your stuff. Let me tell you how you get it. Word of God. It's all in here. The woman, listen, listen to this carefully. Thank you, Lord. The woman's situation didn't change. The way she thought about the situation did. Amen. What changed that? The word of the Lord. The man of God gave her a thus saith God. That one word t- shook that woman to her core to where she stopped looking at what she did not have and started focusing on what she did have in the word of God. Why? Because father had it. All she had to do was obey. Are you here with me, saints of God? Listen, listen. I know some of you in in some areas you ain't been in in a long time as it relates to lack, right? But you just broke. You ain't poor. Ain't nobody in here poor. You might be broke, but you ain't poor. Broke means you just don't have the money. Poor is a mentality. 
There's been many times I've been broke. But I ain't poor. I can, I can, I can go work somewhere and give me a couple of dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got a proper mind, you might, you're going to have to humble yourself to do some of this stuff. But you, you, you might just be, you might, just might have lack right now, but don't worry about that. That's temporary. Listen, listen, let me help you out. It's not even a part of the message. Listen, listen to this. Don't make permanent decisions about a temporary situation. Don't make permanent decisions about, this is temporary, saints. This too shall pass. How long? I have no idea. But it shall pass. Say, say it with me. This too, this too. Shall, pass. shall pass. I'm telling you, saints of God, I'm trying to get you in a place in the kingdom where you know you still got hell going on all around you, but it's okay because you know this too shall pass. I am getting out of this. I am going to be healed. I am going to be blessed. My family is going to be blessed. I am going to leave a legacy. I am going to heal the sick. I am going to raise the dead. I am going to believe Jesus for everything that's contained in this word that belongs to me. Can somebody say amen? Let me give you the last one real quick. Let me give you the last one. Keys represent power. Ooh, but th this is the one I've been waiting on because he said, behold, I give you power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. See, that's why you got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, it's not you're not full of the Holy Ghost so you can speak in tongues. You're full of the Holy Ghost so you can have some power. Amen. You are going to need power for some of the situations that you're in right now. I, I, I tell you what, I have been in the spirit more lately than I ever have before in my whole life. Because I know I have to be armed up with some stuff. So listen, listen I want to read this to you. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, and I'm done. I want to read this, this last verse to you. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Check this out. It says, and when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Somebody say power. power. See, see. Being full of the Holy Ghost should give you boldness. You're going to have to be bold, saints of God. You, you can't be a Christian wimp. You're going to have to take authority in areas. Take authority on your job, in your business, wherever you may be, in your home, in your community. We're going to have to take ground back because we've been so complicit to the world that it has weakened the church. He said, behold, I give you power. You either have the power or you don't. The power is there, but are you operating in it? It's there. Father has the power, but are you operating in it? So, so the, the answer would be, look at your fruit. If, if you look back and you don't see any fruit, then obviously you're going to have to adjust what you've been doing. Because if you keep doing the same old thing and you don't have any fruit, to me that's insanity. This series says you're going to have to make some tweaks. Small changes, big results. Listen, if you make some small changes in your prayer life, i.e., for all of you, how many of you say you're spirit-filled and you do have a heavenly language and by show of tongues? By show of tongues. <laughs> by show of hands. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Speak now. No, I'm just kidding. So, 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 say a few. Okay, so don't be embarrassed. How many of you have never spoken tongues before? Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. It's all right. 
But for those of you that are spirit-filled, how often do you speak in tongues? I'm talking about privately. I'm not talking about in church in front of people. I'm talking about privately. Do you go for an hour? Oh, okay. So can I challenge you then to go for an hour every day? Can I challenge you on that level? Okay, good. You're challenged. An hour every day. Driving into work, walking to your cube, whatever. you in tongues. Now listen, you can speak in tongues without opening your mouth. You know that, right? Right? Because I do it every day. Walking to, my, walking to the job, I'm in tongues. They don't even know it. They say, hey, John, I'm in tongues. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm with the Lord. I got to get my hour in. <laughs> now that I've challenged you, I got to make sure I keep it. <laughs> Amen. So listen, th- this is what's important, saints of God. When you are privately devout and when you're secretly holy, God, by his word, says he'll bless you. Do I have Bible on that? Let me give you a little word on it. He said, when you pray, go into your closet and close the door. And he said, what you pray in secret, I will bless you openly. So I love when the Bible confirms stuff, right? So when you're praying in secret, God says, I'll bless you openly. Go in tongues, saints of God. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost, listen, you come on Wednesday nights, I'll teach you. Now, I won't teach you how to speak in tongues and all that stuff. I don't teach that. I teach you what it means. It's up to you to get it. Amen. Amen? Let's make sure we got that proper. I can't teach people to speak in tongues. Can't nobody teach you that. But I can give you the word of God and let you know all you have to do. Let me go back to something. All you have to do for it is unlock and ask for it. You ain't got to grope, plead, beg. He said, if you ask for it, you'll receive it. How much more? Will the Father in heaven give you the Holy Ghost if you ask for it? Is that Bible? Then it ain't nothing to it. Just ask for it and get it. Hello, somebody. And it don't have to be spooky either. So I gave you some keys. You know what they are, right? Let me get them. Let me show you. Now, now the rest, saints of God, is up to you. I've given you the keys. All of this is yours. You have authority. You have access. You have provision. You have guidance. You have power. This is your stuff. Now, listen, you you talk about, well, I I wish I had a house. Don't you realize that's in there? But in the natural, make sure you got good credit. Make sure you got a job. Now, we're going to have to be balanced. I can't just say you're going to be, oh, Lord, I just went there and I saw a million-dollar house. I want that house, and you make $50,000 a year. No, you ain't going to afford no million-dollar house. I don't know $50,000 a year budget. All right? So listen, saints of God, with guidance, he gives you wisdom. (laughs) Praise God. So make sure you can fix your credit, get your credit right, and go get something you can afford. And stop praying for stuff you know you can't afford. I've already taught you the difference between a blessing, a liability, and an asset. It's, It's a difference. My house is a liability. I still pay for that thing. My house ain't no blessing. My, my house will be a blessing the day we tear the mortgage up. <laughs> and so, ooh, the Lord blessed me with this house. He ain't blessed me. I still got to pay for this thing. <laughs> Amen? Amen? House is a liability. If you paying on it, it's a liability. If it's paid for, that's an asset. 
oh, just go read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He'll teach you all of that. See, that's the thing. You got to read the Bible and other books so you can understand stuff. If you don't know anything about money, then go read books on it. That's why a lot of people can't handle money because they don't read nothing about money. <laughs> I know y'all saying, Pastor, okay, that's it. Stop. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Come on and give my praise in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.